0: Well hello friends, pro-life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life, one of the world's largest pro-life organizations. Welcome to our time of prayer and scripture here together. As always, you're free to leave your prayer intentions in the comments, let's pray for one another as we put ourselves in the presence of God and dwell into his word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, first of all, we come before you asking for forgiveness. We are aware, aware that we have sinned, We repent, we ask you to deepen our repentance and to deepen the joy that we have in living according to your law, in living according to your spirit. And then Lord, as we study your word each day, as we receive its exhortations, we ask you today in particular to renew in us the conviction that this truly is not the word of human beings, but it is your word. It originates from you. Help us Lord, To understand that word better, to live it more faithfully, and to proclaim it more effectively, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well one of the most important lessons for today, for the church today, is in the reading that we're going to share here now, a reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. You recall, brothers and sisters, our toil and drudgery. Working night and day, in order not to burden any of you, we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and so is God. How devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behave toward you believers. As you know, we treated each one of you as a father treats his children, exhorting and encouraging you, and insisting that you walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into His kingdom and glory. And for this reason we too give thanks to God unceasingly, that in receiving the word of God from hearing us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it truly is, the word of God, which is now at work in you who believe. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It is not the word of men, it is the word of God, truly the word of God. Now, we profess this every time we engage in the liturgy. We hear one of these readings and then we say the word of the Lord. Yeah, but we just said it was the letter of St. Paul, or we said the letter of Peter or of James or the Gospel of Mark or John or Luke or Matthew. Whose word is it? Well, it's both. It's truly the word of the Lord. It's the gospel of the Lord. But as Paul says here, you received it as truly the word of God, but then he says you received it from hearing us. Shows how Jesus structured his body, the church, doesn't it? He who hears you, hears me. Or remember in the Acts of the the Apostles, when uh, the Holy Spirit told Paul to catch up with the chariot and And the person was reading, the Ethiopian eunuch was reading the Word of God, and how can I understand it, he said, unless someone explain it to me. Well, of course, the Holy Spirit instructs us, but the Holy Spirit, as Paul also says when he's talking about the various ministries in the church, when he writes to the Corinthians, says God has raised up teachers. Now, Jesus makes it clear, and this is part, I want to distinguish for you uh, the signs of, of receiving the Word or regarding the Word just as the Word of men or human beings verses as truly the Word of God, when um, the, uh, the, the, the Lord sends forth His um, preachers of the Word, He says, you are, to, you are preaching the Word, but he who hears you hears me. But then to make it clear, He says also, you have one teacher. Remember when Jesus said, call no one on earth your teacher, call no one on earth rabbi? The point He was making was, where is the source of the authority? Where is is the source of the teaching? Even he said, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the Father. And he said, the Spirit will not speak on his own. He will derive his message from the Son. So even the second and third persons of the Blessed Trinity are teaching referentially. They're teaching something they've received from others. And that's why Paul will exhort uh, Timothy and, and, and he will say, you know, be faithful to this this deposit of faith, what we have received, Paul will say in various of his letters, guard carefully this message that we have all received from the Lord. So it's truly the word of God. It's the word of God, not the word of human beings. Let's let's look at some of the differences here. And I say this is one of the most important messages for the church today because this is exactly how the enemies of the word of God try to blunt its power by simply relativizing it by simply assigning it as a message that's just from human beings and therefore since they too are human beings and they too have a message they want people to think oh well these messages are on equal footing well no if something is truly the word of god it's not on equal footing with anyone's opinion, no matter how intelligent they may may be, or famous, or influential. It's not on the same level as great philosophers, thinkers, writers. The Word of God is the Word of God. It's above all. Many try to relativize it, however. And you'll see this in the thinking of those who will say that the message of the church at any given point in time is culture-bound or the message of the scriptures is culture-bound. This is one of the sound bites you'll hear. Oh, well, you know, it was shaped according to that culture. Well, obviously, the culture of the times is reflected in what you read in the scriptures and in what people hear from our message today. But that doesn't mean that the origin of the message is simply culture. It can be reflecting. In fact, when you speak into a culture, the word of God, you have to speak in ways that those people are going to understand. But but that doesn't give you the right to change the message. The origin of the message itself is truly God. Again, Jesus says, you have one teacher, the Christ. In other words, there's one source of this message. Not you, not your culture, not your bright ideas, not your opinions, not your preferences. It is truly the word of God. The other idea being that treating the word of God or the teachings of the church as, uh, as you treat in the civil arena a political platform. And some people try to spe- speak about the church's teachings in that way. Oh, well, you know, maybe when we get a different uh, pope, we'll have a different set of teachings. And, you know, we always noticed that over the years as uh, there would be a, whenever there would be a transition from one pope to another. You know, commentators will say, oh, is the, is the church going to change its teaching now on things like abortion? Well, no, the Word is the Word of God. It's not the Word of the Pope. We don't say at the end of this reading, this, the, the Word of the Pope, you know, the Word of the bishops. No, it's the Word of the Lord. The Pope and the bishops, the priests, the deacons, and all the rest of us are responsible to the Lord who gave us the Word. You received it not as the Word of men, but as it truly is the Word of God of God. That word is the word of life. And when we proclaim the gospel of life, let's look at that portion of the word that says life is sacred, the unborn are sacred and must be protected, abortion is wrong. Those who try to frame this as the word of men rather than as the word of God will often say to us who proclaim the pro-life message, to us who are men, oh, well, you're a man. In other words, that's why you're saying what you're saying. You want to oppress women. You want to take away their rights. You're a man. Why should you have anything to say about abortion? You can't get pregnant anyway. Is this the word of man? Is that the reason why I'm saying this? That I'm not a woman? That I don't understand what it's like to be a woman? That I don't understand what it's like to be carrying a baby? That I don't understand the issue? I was also an unborn baby, and I know that my life was the life that would have been taken if I were aborted. This doesn't phase them. They want to place this as the word of men. You know, there was even an argument made in the Supreme Court years ago in a case called Bray. The other side was saying, oh, well, the only be reason these people oppose abortion is that they're against women. And the Supreme Court ruled against that idea and said, no, there are rational explanations for why you would be against abortion, aside from the fact that you might not be a woman or you might not even favor women. There are, there are persuasive arguments that stand on their own. You are receiving this not as the words of men, but as it truly is the word of God. God is life. That's why he speaks life and in defense of life and why we are pro-life. Or they will say to us, you know, the various ad hominem attacks, when you bear witness to the gospel of life, oh, they might say, it's because you're a Republican. You're just giving me a political philosophy. You're just giving me a political ideology. And some clergy even use this as an excuse not to speak about abortion because they say we don't want to insert politics into this. Well, if you're saying this is a political message, then you're saying this is the word of men, not the word of God. But Paul is saying to us, no, you received this as it truly is, the word of God. Well, then that's why we proclaim it. No matter what it seems to be politically, no matter how it might line up or not line up with various political platforms, this is the word of the Lord. Or they'll attribute negative motives to us. Oh, well, you're racist. That's why you're saying these things. You're racist. And and again, when someone is saying that, they are not receiving this as the word of God, but as the word of men infected as we are, by various vices, by various distortions in our perspective. I remember some people in the parish where I served during the first five years of my priesthood uh, who were receiving the word not as the word of God, but as the word of men. When I was putting in the bulletins uh, an examination of conscience, I was making very explicit and very detailed the meaning of the Ten Commandments and saying, well, these are some of the things you should ask yourself if you've transgressed in, in, in any way against these, these moral precepts. And some people started to say, oh, well, that's just Father Frank's interpretation of the, of the commandments. It's like, what? You're receiving this now as Father Frank's opinion, Father Frank's interpretation. Don't receive it that way. If I'm conveying to you the teachings of the faith Receive it as it truly is, the Word of God. Now, this is all from the perspective of the people who are receiving it, who might not like what they hear. How about from the perspective of those who are teaching and proclaiming it? We've got to make sure that when we stand before the world and proclaim the Lord's Word, we make it clear that it is the Word of the Lord. Otherwise, it makes it sound like we're trying to control people's lives. See, when they say, well, you're trying to control us, you're trying to take away our rights... You think you're better than we are. Again, that's them receiving it as as the word of, of men rather than of God. But from the point of view of the person giving it, don't fall into the same trap. You're not proclaiming your own opinion or your own message. Because you're proclaiming the word of the Lord, you can do so with great confidence, with great authority, and with great humility and furthermore if it's the word of the lord and not just a human word you're not going to have to improve upon it now what i said earlier about being sensitive to the cultural diversities expressing the word in a way that speaks to the recipient's culture that's valid enough but not to the point of 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 watering down the message lowering the moral standards or omitting parts of the word like often the teachings on things like abortion in order to please human beings. If this is the word of the Lord, you have to proclaim it in all its fullness. And just like the recipient shouldn't be making ad hominem attacks on you, oh, you're a man, oh, you're racist, oh, you're Too young or you're too old or you're too disconnected. You don't understand my way of life. All of this is thinking of it as the human word. You have to be like Jeremiah. God said to him, don't say you're too young to go proclaim my word. Look, I'm putting my word in your mouth. I'm putting my word there. Whatever you declare, whatever I declare to you, say to them boldly and with confidence, Remember the uh, eating of the scroll? God told the prophet, eat the scroll of my word, digest it. This is what happens. We absorb the word and then we are able to proclaim to others something that at the same time is not ours. It didn't originate with us. And yet we have so absorbed it and assimilated it. We're so convinced of it. After all, God is raising up human spokespersons for that Word. So that Word has got to be truly something that we've assimilated and that we proclaim with confidence. And therefore, we're not, we're not selective. We're not going to leave back part of the Word. The people who hear us have a right to the fullness of the Word. If you're teaching your children the faith, they have a right to the fullness of that teaching. If you're instructing a religious education class, if you're preaching from a pulpit, sharing something on, 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 on a social media platform or a website, people have a right to the fullness of the Word. Because again, just as we didn't write it, we didn't invent it, neither do we edit it. Important message for the church today as we are confronted by so many who are just putting their finger in the wind. And, oh, what do people want to hear? What is the, the uh, you know, the, the, the evolution of the church? What does the uh, uh, common opinion say today? This is not the stuff we're supposed to be looking at. Let's receive it. Let's proclaim it as it truly is the Word of God. Father, we turn to you and thank you for your Word. And we uplift to you now all our intentions and all the intentions of those who are who are viewing us now, Lord, give uh, healing where there may be illness and guidance where there may be confusion. Uh, Help us, Lord, to have strength and encouragement and uh, gratitude to you for any blessings in our lives or successes or victories we have had. Bring unity to your people, unity in the truth, which is your word, that it might not ever be confused with conflicting human opinions. And bless us now as we bring all our prayers and praises together in offering the Lord's prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever, amen. All right, thanks friends for joining me. Uh, Spread the word about this program to others, share these videos, invite others to watch, and. I invite you to support our ministry. ProLifeGift.org is where you can go, or you can call our office. 321-500-1000. 321 Call us. Let us know how you can help. We'll let you know how you can help. Donate to us. Spread the word. And let's together work to spread God's kingdom and to end the violence of abortion. Talk to you tomorrow.